it's Shastin Rains, and welcome to Crosswalk Church. You're listening to Today's Presence, a podcast in which Pastor Tim hosts conversations about culture, daily life, and what the scriptures have to say. We desire to bring you encouragement and hope during this time. So once you finish this podcast, make sure to visit crosswalkvillage.com to find more information about our church and additional resources from our pastoral team. Welcome back, everybody. I don't know if you could hear my chair squeaking, but I'm going to have to buy a new chair. That's, a, uh, that's an auspicious way to start a podcast. Should we start this? Po- should we start again? No, I like them. I like them raw, Sam. That's how, yeah. that's, that's the oh, hallmark that's, of our podcast is that it's raw and, and, and sometimes, honest. Sometimes raw things aren't good for you. Like raw meat, raw... <laughs> Carrots, raw carrots. Raw bro- oh, those are good for Brussels you. Brussels sprouts cannot be eaten raw or <laughs> those digested. Are those are death balls. <laughs> death. When you when you need when you're going to eat something that needs to have the same weight in butter <coughs> on it to, in order to eat it, maybe we just shouldn't eat it at all. I don't hey, know. hey, I got a question for you. Is there anything? Is there a thing you do not eat? Like I refuse to eat that, or are you basically like I don't like that, but if I have to, I will eat it. Oh, that's a good question. Hang on. Um, hey, this is Tim and, Tim and Sam. <laughs> this is Tim and Sam. I never did the call. Tim and Sam, Sam and Tim. We're here talking about preaching and apparently vegetables. Um, yeah. So everybody in our family has one thing they don't eat. Oh, we've given everyone one thing they don't eat. You've, you've um, allowed it, or you? Have we've declared, allowed like, it. We've. Oh. And everybody's declared their thing. So Hannah is uh, pot pie. Pot she hates pot pie. She hates pot pies. Well, Chicken pot pies, vegetable. She hates them. I don't know. I have no idea. It's the How weirdest thing. Pot, that's like saying she you. hates pot pies. She I may not be. She may not be an American. I don't know if she was born you in. You can't country. hate pie. Pie is like pot pie is not just pie though. Do you know what no, I'm talking I know, about? Like I chicken know pot, pot pie. Is, no, I get. I get it. But it's pie. It's, it's like it's. It's not. It's a savory pie. Yeah. Which I don't know. I don't I like understand those, that. I like those Australian. Pies. Love you, Hannah. I don't understand what the, what's going yeah, on. Yeah, no, there. it's weird. Is it a consistency anyway, or like like a what? Is, what is the texture? What's going on? I don't know. I have no idea. Okay. She will not Keep eat going. it. Um, so, do I have one thing that? So it used to be Brussels sprouts. Honestly, we used to call them death balls, and it was Brussels sprouts. And then my wife started to make them, and I was like, "Hey, those those are those are pretty good. Yes. I like those a lot." Um, I think right now I'll pretty much I'll pretty much eat anything. Yeah, I think. What about you? You got some? No, me too. I, well, there are things. Okay, there are things I, I really would rather not eat ever mm-hmm. again. But yeah. if I'm at someone's house and this is what they've prepared, I'm gonna. Be, I was raised to be respectful and eat it. Eat a portion it? of it. What is it? Bitter melon. You know what bitter oh. melon is? There's yeah. no way around it. The word says it all, man. It is. It's not even a little bitter. It's like. It it engages only the part of your tongue, the the receptors designed to identify this should not go in your body. Like our bodies tell us, they're designed. This, our bodies telling us do not eat this. But, but do you us, like do you like melon in general? You like like a cantaloupe? You like, oh, like yeah. a honeydew? Yeah. See see I'm I'm not a huge fan of melon. I'll eat it. Oh. Here's the thing. There's watermelon, which is feels like it's not part of the melon family. Then you've got cantaloupe. And then you've got honeydew. Now, here's the problem with honeydew and cantaloupe. Let me explain to you. What is cold? What? I'm going to explain to you the problem with honeydew and cantaloupe. 
in a fruit salad, they are no respecter of boundaries, <laughs> right? You put you put a strawberry in a fruit salad, it's not going anywhere. It's not rubbing up against all the other fruit and making everything taste like a strawberry, right? It's not. Uh, in in and I don't know if you can hear this. It sounds like somebody's actually vacuuming outside my my door. I don't hear it. Right? No, but um, no the the um the a cantaloupe a cantaloupe oozes itself onto everything. So you're going to eat a piece of pineapple and it tastes like cantaloupe. I didn't, I don't want to eat a piece of pineapple that tastes like cantaloupe. I want to eat a piece of pineapple that tastes like pineapple. So I'm, if you like a melon, good for you, but I don't think it's right to mix them. Okay, I don't think for, that's okay. For, first of all, bitter melon. I don't think it's an actual melon. I think it looks more like a cucumber to me. I don't know what that is. I've never had that. It's, uh, I, you're talking about something I'm not familiar with. I had it in the Philippines. And this is uh, not to say I dis, I'm not disparaging. Are you a Filipino person? I, lo I love durian, as it, but as with everyone, I hate the smell. The what smell do you mean is, you love durian? Nobody the loves is, durian. The taste is pretty good. It, the, taste the taste is, is diesel good. fuel. No, 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 no. Yes, oh, you yes, have, yes, you yes, have yes. A, You have an, 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 an evolved palate. Um, the, taste, the, taste is, the taste is transcendent, but the well, smell. Transcendent of bad? <laughs> Which means bad transcends into good and it's still bad? What is it? What is that? What does that mean? I want it How's taste transcendent? Transcendent means it gets over everything. That's not good. That's just we're back to the cantaloupe right now. Transcends description and apparently it transcends <laughs> you. So here's so here's the you know how you know how you feel about melon. I feel that way about banana. Banana's great on its own, but yeah. my wife and I have this running difficulty in our marriage, which is she likes putting bananas in smoothies in other places. And I tell her banana takes over. Yeah. Then it's a banana it, smoothie. It is a banana smoothie. It's either a banana smoothie or not. Anytime you introduce banana, everything is a banana thing now. And I do not like that. So it, it, leave it alone. It's, it's like kale in any salad. How, why kale, did kale, kale become everything? Why kale is kale in, involved in everything? This is like the friend, like, you know, when you were you're hanging out, with your girlfriend and or wife or whatever. I don't have a girlfriend. I mean, you, when you were young and then suddenly <laughs> someone gets involved and you're, you're asking, why is this person always around now? <laughs> right. And why, That's why, why do they like ruin kale? everything? Kale, why are they, did we like kale? Did somebody, and I don't think anybody decided, right? Was there some board that said, you know what, we, we gotta get some people eating some more kale. You were going, like you were going on a date with Sarah before you got serious <laughs> and you wanted to get serious, but she brings the third, like a friend. You're like, why is this person coming to the movies with us? I feel that way about kale. Right. Why, are they, why are they coming to the movies and eating all the popcorn? This dish would have been the great popcorn. if the kale had not been involved. But it's like, it's like, <laughs> there's a, it's like you're guilty if you don't eat kale now. And people will be like, oh, you like those kale chips? I'm like, no. Why not? <laughs> because they taste like kale. Yeah, but it's better. Better kale is still bad kale. Better kale, it's like saying, oh, you know. You broke your arm, but in a good okay. way. What does that mean? Oh, you broke your arm, but <laughs> but this will make you stronger. <laughs> but like just for the, my kids, my kids go to this Montessori school. Um, I actually don't know if Isaac's going to still go, but they go they go to this Montessori school that 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 grows the kale for all the restaurants in the area. Oh, and so I asked my son one time. I was like, "Hey, why do you like why do you, is kale such a cash crop?" <laughs> and they're like, nah, it's the only thing the students won't kill. I'm like, kale's going to grow, right? 
Kale's like bo- kale's like the the vegetable equivalent to bougainvillea. <laughs> like it probably came from the devil, but it's gonna grow. I thought I thought you were gonna say kale is like the roaches of the insect world. <laughs> they proliferate. No one wants it around. But uh, that's that's funny, bro. That's good. Oh. That's good. Well, um, um, but you I were gonna start us off with the end of this podcast. Of this, I guess the podcast is over. We'll call it. Uh, you were gonna. We were gonna start this with a uh, with a story from you know we should do Pastor we should Sam do Lenore. some we should do some storytelling on preaching experience system. Oh, dude, let's let's just tell the stories. Okay, let's tell so, some stories. You you uh, tell, uh, tell us the story. Mo- most bizarre, most strangest thing that happened to you during a sermon. That you said you were gonna start us off with a story. I'm gonna that hold was, you to that. That was the, that was my closer, my mean, meaningful. Oh, that's. You know, I don't, you know, this is like, these are the open, the opening illustrations. Oh. And then we go what's to the it? closing story, which by the way, what's, since we're talking yeah. preaching, I, uh-huh. this is not your practice, but it is mine. I always close with a story. That's, I always look for the, for a signature yeah. illustration to end with. And I know all of you, my friends, and maybe lots of people over the years have thought that I just go to one that will make you weep. But that just means that I'm deeply resonant with the story I'm telling you. And that's why I'm telling it to you. I think you're deeply anyway. manipulative is what you're trying to do. <laughs> I, I, I end with like a, a call to act. I end with like a, and this and no, and outside and get, no. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. The weirdest thing that's ever happened, that's a good question. I'll, I'll tell you one of the strangest things that's ever happened. I was in Norway and um, and preaching with a translator. That's a, we could do a whole podcast on that, right? Yes. But I was preaching in Norway. Um, they brought me and they brought my whole family over. We were doing this camp meeting in this beautiful place called Goblin. I don't know, remember what the Norwegian word was, but it translated to Goblin. It was Goblin Lake, I think. I don't know. If, if, if Victor hears this, he's probably going to tell us that's not where it was. So don't fact check me on that. But I thought that's what it was. Anyway, we we're having a great time. And I had this... I had this translator who was so great and he kind of looked like me. Like I had my head shaved at the time and a big beard and he kind of looked like me. And so like the translation was going really well. I would say something, he was there and you know, you kind of cut up half sentences sometimes and this and that. He was really good at the Norwegian language. What's weird is that in a Scandinavian country, you can figure that probably 80% of the people speak English anyway Mm. and oftentimes better than you do, but there'll be 20% (laughs) of the people that aren't as good. So they could, they could use a little help. So so day one kills it to uh, morning sermon, evening sermon, day two, morning sermon, evening sermon, just going super well, lots of laughter. I would get a laugh in English and then he would get a laugh in Norwegian. So like he mm. was really good. We get to Wednesday and right in the middle of it, he, he says something and somebody says something back to him. And then he says something back to them. They say something back to him. And then he looks at me and he goes, okay. And I'm like, <laughs> That sounds okay. scary. Okay, I don't know what just happened. And he's like, go, no, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, so I, so I, I keep preaching. And then I, I say something and he stops for a second and then he says something and then somebody says something back to him, different person this time. And then he answers them back and, then the, and I'm just standing there and I'm like looking at him. Mm-hmm. And then he looks at me again and he goes, okay, go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Uh, okay. Okay. Maybe there's, maybe I'm saying words that don't translate very well. So he's having to kind of, cause sometimes they have to be, they have to be a little more culturally relevant with illustrations because like mm. if I do a surfing, I did this one time, I did a surfing illustration in Amsterdam and yeah, the guy translating no. had never been to the beach and mm-hmm. he was having a really hard time translating my surfing language to that. So anyway, so 
happens a third time. And finally I look over and I'm like, man, you got to tell me what's going on here. And he goes, okay, I'm a pretty good translator. He said, but the way translation works for me is that you say the words, I in my head translate them to Norwegian and I just say them. He said, but you're right now saying some things that are really interesting. So I'm thinking about what you're saying and then I'm giving them my version of what you just said. And they're telling me that's not what he just said. <laughs> and so I'm arguing with them a little bit. And he's like, so I'm going to try and not listen to you so much. Just listen to the sound of your words and continue to translate. He's like, but could we talk about what you're talking about? Because this is really fascinating to me. I was like, yeah, man, that'd be great. So that was probably the weirdest, weirdest thing that happened to me when I was using, when I was working with a translator. How about you? What's the weirdest thing that's happened to you? Oh, listen, we could do an entire session on, on just translators, but I've had translators who I'm pretty sure were saying something completely different than what I was saying. Wow. I had one, this is in Korea, right? Uh, it's, I was speaking for a, for a big summer camp that they do there for their language schools. And I was asked to make an appeal at the end of my sermon. So I, the entire time I was speaking, I could tell, look, I know that sometimes it takes a lot longer to say what, what I said, but but it was like me speaking for 20 seconds and the other, my translator going for five minutes. Hmm. It was that dramatic. So someone eventually told me, yeah, he, he preached his own sermon. The sermon that he wished you had preached, he was preaching it. <laughs> uh, so when we got to the, to the appeal, right, I, they wanted a big appeal. And I, I invite people to give their life to Jesus. And, um, and then he goes, he actually literally held his hand up and said, almost, uh, almost as if to say, you're done here. <laughs> I'm taking over. <laughs> and, and then he, he preached for another 20 minutes. Oh my goodness. Like it was done. Like he was like, I, I don't know what you just did, but I am, I am going to correct this. And uh, yeah, he took off and it was great. I mean, you know, that was, apparently it was great because Lots more people came forward and for him. Yeah, for Dude, him. I was in I was in Jamaica one time mm. and we had done we'd done the church service. I had brought up <laughs> by the way, listen to us. We're like is this travel, travel brag, humble brag? I was uh in Dubai. <laughs> I've never been to Dubai. I haven't either. But. Um so so no, I'm there and um, we'd done the church service. I had done church service. My, my youth group that was there had gone to do like some, some work at an orphanage, but they asked me to stay because they were going to have a communion service after church. And in Jamaica, they do church for real. Like they don't joke around. It's very long. It's very intense. It's very formal. I mean, it was 15 years ago. I don't know if it still is, but um, <clears throat> so I, I'm preaching for the communion service and the guy says, please, the pastor says, please make a call at the end. So I do, I do my communion sermon and there wasn't that many people in the church at this point. Um, cause it was hot. Um, I do my communion sermon, which is 15 minutes. Communion sermons are shorter. I thought, um, I make the call, which is a solid five minute call. Um, these two wonderful little old ladies come up, pretty sure they'd been up before. Right. <laughs> so we come up, I pray over them. And as I turn around to walk back, the pastor stands up and looks at me with the deepest sense of derision I have ever seen. Like, what do you think that just was? <laughs> and I look at him and, and as he walks by, he says, that's it. 
And I'm like, he actually said those words. He said it to me. He said it to me. I'm walking past him. He goes, that's it. And I'm like, that's all I got. Like (laughs) at that point we had been, we had been in Jamaica for 10 days. We were leaving the night the next day. I was exhausted running Uh, these kids around. Like I was like, that's all I got. And he goes, he goes, let me show you. Gets up, preaches for 45 more minutes, makes another 20 minute call after that, going for it, going in. Same two old ladies came up. No. But they got saved twice that day. <laughs> yeah. I've never been looked at with a more of a sense of just like, you You have no idea what you're he doing. Said, he said, let me show brutal. you how this is done. Uh, that, is, that is so... <laughs> it was brutal. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's, that's so good. Uh, hey, so I had a cat once land on the, the, the podium I was speaking from. Land on it? It was, okay, so I know this this sounds completely outlandish, but um, it was in the Philippines, Mm -hmm. and we were in an an auditorium that had open rafters, you know I'm talking about, like you can see the, and I I would often sit in my chair waiting for my time to preach, and I could see rodents running around the top, (laughs) and I I would always pray, God, while I'm preaching, please. Can can you prevent rodents from either doing things to me or landing on me, whatever you know? And um, and on this day, I'm I'm in the middle of a sermon, in the middle of preaching, a cat, not a rodent. This is how God answered my prayer <laughs> <laughs> to give me confidence that He was dealing with the rodent problem. A cat lands on the podium, <laughs> just boom. And then jumps off the podium. Everyone's like, okay, that just happened. I mean, I turn around and everyone's like, just just keep it going. Keep it, keep it going, buddy. I had my I had my my uh you were I think you may have been at the event where my fly was down. Oh yeah. Every preacher's nightmare. Oh yeah, we've all had it, but I do remember being at that one. Yeah, I I was handed a note yep. in the middle of because because I, I could sense that the audience was distracted. Someone came up to me and handed me a note, and the note said, "Pastor, your fly is open." And I was like, "This is." I actually paused to make sure I was not living in a nightmare. And then yeah. when it, when I realized this is real, this is really happening, um, I had to take a break, get off the platform, and so yeah. the question is this. Why do you have to get off the platform? How long does it take you to? I didn't want to do it in front fly? of people. I didn't want to, you know, take care of the issue. So people watching. So um, the question is: Do you acknowledge something that's happening? Right when something's right. happening in church, do you acknowledge it from the pulpit? Because like we've had we've had people who've had to be escorted out of church because they're being disruptive or something's getting weird or there's a health issue or whatever. And the question is, do you acknowledge it? Cause I worked at a highly media centered church where the yes. pastor would not acknowledge something happening in the room because of the cameras. And so I remember there being a heart attack and a whole situation happening with like, like chest compressions and the whole deal. And the pastor kept going. It was oh a huge my. church, right? So it, it happened way in the back. Um, but you would never have known. You would never have known. Well, at the same time, I've had people start shouting at me in the middle of church and Mm. had to acknowledge it. It was in the Easter service and we had a guy who was, um, he was 
paranoid schizophrenic and he had lost it in the middle of church and started screaming at me. And I had to kind of acknowledge that, well, we have this whole audience outside who's like, what, what just happened at church? Like wow. crazy. Wow. Did you acknowledge it or did you pause yeah, it? I had to, I had to acknowledge it because it got, it got kind of weird. I acknowledged it. And I said, you know, I hope he feels better. I didn't know that he was having a, a, a behavioral health issue at the time. Mm -hmm. And when mm -hmm. we, when we kind of exegeted the thing later, his, his dad actually came to me and said, Oh, I, I've told all the previous preachers that were here. I just forgot to tell you, um, my son's a paranoid mm. schizophrenic and he sometimes has outbursts. And I was like, you, I would have been helpful to know, but that would have been, uh, yeah. Yeah. We've but, had, we've had, um, it didn't happen at me, but it happened to one of a guest speaker I had, um, Eddie Hippolyte, as a matter of fact, oh, yeah. um, we had someone with, um, um, some behavioral, some mental illness, begin to engage him from the audience. And, and he didn't, I forgot to tell him not to engage. Right. Um, but he did, he engaged the person and it turned, it didn't turn out well. Mm. Um, it, it turned into us having to figure out how to, you know, mitigate, mitigate some of that situation. I don't know. I, acknowledging things from up front is always tricky for me. I, I think best not to, unless you have to, you should. Um, that's my, that's my personal, yeah. uh, uh, practice. I had somebody, I had somebody pass out, which happens all the time in the middle of a wedding, mm -hmm. um, in the middle of me officiating in the wedding. Um, I turned my head cause I could see some commotion next to me. And one of the groomsmen had passed out cold oh, wow. and the other groomsmen were holding him up in <laughs> place and so my thinking is, well, let's take a break, put him, set him down somewhere until he regains consciousness. Right. And the, the minute I turned my head back to suggest this, the bride looked at me and said, you keep going. Wow. <laughs> I was like, this is not going to mess up my wedding. So we're going to keep going. So I looked back again at the, the situation and groomsman is completely passed out, just being held up by... <laughs> two of his buddies and i went on with the wedding wow yeah we get we should do a whole podcast on weddings because because oh. when you ask me like what's the weirdest thing that's happened half of those illustrations are weddings because those those things can go sideways weddings super fast a, they're a wonderland of stories yeah. aren't they that's that's the wild <laughs> west so and let's hope, go back to let's go let's go back yeah because we yeah, need let's to go probably back to, to preaching. Have you ever done an illustration that landed so poorly? You, you literally did not know how to get out of it. You um, knew that like everything was going to be now defined by this particular illustration. Yeah. That's, that's usually when you make the mistake of um, the illustration being central to your sermon instead of the, you know, the exegesis being central to right. your sermon. That has happened to me more, more than once. How about you? Oh, dude, I've, I've been so confused in an illustration that my wife has has done the the across the neck the the hand across the neck like you got to stop talking now because I got so confused I was I was in the middle of the illustration I'm changing names like people were like this guy wasn't there he's making this up and at some point I'm thinking am I making this up this is so convoluted at this point and if you've had that conversation if you're a preacher you've had that conversation of I don't know if that was right. <laughs> and then you keep talking and you're like, I don't know if I made it better. And then you're like, oh no, I think I've made lots of people angry. Now everyone's confused. Now I don't know how to get back to my point. <laughs>
man. Oh, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you one thing that happened to me is that I, I prepared a pretty massive illustration. Mm-hmm. Pretty big. It was going to be like half of the sermon. It was a, a big story about a, um, an issue, a problem I had when I was younger in college with, with an individual. And I have, this is one of the most, I mean, incredible things that ever happened to me. I'm on a different coast from this individual. I had not seen him in 20 years. It's, it's like impossible, impossible that this person could ever have been in the room. But guess what? The minute I step onto the platform, <laughs> I look over and the individual's in the room. Wow. And now I've got nowhere to go because I'm a, you know, I don't have a, I don't have an alternate story to tell. So <laughs> I ended up having to just tell the story. And the whole time I'm telling it, I'm looking at this person going, yeah, this is about you. <laughs> oh, that's so difficult. <laughs> but you know, what was oh, cool man. is that afterwards we had a, a very good come to Jesus moment. It was really? good. It turned out, you know, because you know, that you can't avoid, you cannot avoid dealing with the issue. And so we took some time after led to a whole lot of healing, forgiveness, um it was it was good it was good hey we should do because we're we're up against time should we do some closing stories again yeah yeah well you're clearly going to close it no i'm not gonna let me tell you let me tell you my story and then you can maybe think of one to close with so here's okay here's um what you know when we talk about um preparation i know that the critique i often hear is if you over prepare the, the Holy Spirit has no room to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I have always sided with a, no, you, Holy Spirit pre- helps you while you're preparing. Holy Spirit blesses your time of preparation so that when you get up front, um, there's room for you to, you know, to, you know, to work with the Spirit. Yeah. Um, so um, there's one, I have two examples, and I'm only going to mention one today. Okay. Examples of when I prepared a sermon and preached something else. Mm. Okay. So here's my one, one of the examples. Um, had a manuscript. I thought it was good. I don't memorize word for word, but I read it enough times so that I am very comfortable. If I need to just depend on the manuscript, I can actually just go with it. Right. Right. Um, I got up. I got up front to speak. Um, it was our Friday night program when I was, you know, chaplain at Last Year University. Um, I looked down at my notes, and I had this overwhelming. And, and this, listen, dear listener, this is where it's going to get. It's going to get a little mystical. But bear with me. I looked down at my notes, and I had an overwhelming sense, almost like a voice saying, "You're not preaching this tonight." Hmm. Wow. And my response was internal because I wasn't going to say it out loud. My response was, uh, yes, I am. <laughs> because I know many pastors like you, Tim, who can, can say, okay, no, then let's talk about something else. Not me. I, I will not fly by the, I cannot do that. So I said, no. And I attempted again to begin to preach the sermon I had, I had written and rehearsed. And again, I couldn't. It was as if it was as if God was saying, "I'm not tonight. This is not what's going to happen here." Wow. The people who organized, who helped, you know, the people who produced the service. I looked over at them, and they were looking at me like, hey, "You've been standing there for a while." 
<laughs> it's probably time to start. And I've actually seen the video footage of the service. And you can see me going, just standing up there, just looking around like, what do I do now? <laughs> <laughs> because it was almost like there was, you know how you, sometimes you, you know, you block something out in a video. Yeah. It was almost like this was happening to my notes. Wow. Um, so I looked up and I've only done this twice in my ministry. Twice, wow. brother. I looked up at the audience and these words came out of my mouth. I said, for some reason, tonight I'm not supposed to preach what I prepared. Mm. And I said, apparently there's someone here that needs to hear something other than what wow. I prepared. And I'm really scared because I don't do this, but let's see where this goes. And I did. I, you know, I, so I've watched the video a couple of times and I said, I spoke for five minutes, <laughs> <laughs> which is not the 20, 25 minutes that I prepared. And the subject of my five minute little homily was, Maybe maybe it's because someone here, maybe you're going through some horribly difficult time and you have felt like you're not chosen. You've been rejected by everything in life, by relationships, by school, by work, whatever it is you're going through. Um, this word is for you today. God has chosen you. Mm-hmm. And God will always choose, choose you and you're God's beloved. And then I sat down. I said a little more, you know, and I, was, I sat down. Um, and I lived, for, I lived for at least six months with this, what the heck happened that night, God? Wow. What happened? Like, I, I, don't, I don't understand it. And then um, six months later... <laughs> someone came to my office and just, you know, one of those appointments that don't, they don't tell you what it's about ahead of time. So Mm -hmm. um, it was a student who was there that night and they said, I wanted to tell you before the end of the school year, because we were at the end of the school year at that point that there was a Friday night this year when I was I was packed up to drive home and I had been through such a difficult time in my life, a relationship ending, failing a class, feeling like everything was coming to a dead end in life in general. Um, They said, I packed up my belongings from my residence hall into my car thinking I'm going to drive home and never come back. Hmm. And then on my way out, I see that this thing is happening at the church. And in their head, they said, I'm going to go to church one more time before this thing, before this thing is over, whatever it was headed. And they stepped into the church at the time I was saying, tonight is not the night I'm going to preach this. For some reason, mm-hmm. God needs someone here to hear something different. And then he said, and then God spoke directly to me through you. Wow. Um, yeah, man, it was, uh, it was an absolutely, 
incredible experience to go through. Now, I will say that that's one of the two times that's ever happened to me. And even though, even though that happened, I will still favor every single time preparation, preparation, preparation. But I am keenly aware that if I ever go through an experience like that again, uh, I will trust. Yeah. I will trust that God, that, that God has let somebody there that day for a very specific reason. So the student said that that moment changed my life. It changed, it changed the trajectory of the whole year and possibly the rest of my life. It was, it was, um, it was amazing. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. And that's what we're going to end on. Cause let's close anything here. Else, let's anything else would seem foolish. Um, and by the way, that's, uh, that is what you hope for more than anything when you preach. Yeah. That your words will be God's words. And not all of us experience very often that moment where God goes, well, I got this. Like, put me, put me in coach. <laughs> These need to be my words. So thank you for listening to him for that. That's amazing. Um, well, we're going to talk about preaching a bit more because I, you know, we're doing these kind of shorter little installments, but, um, but Sam, um, thank you. Hey brother. So much. It's good to hang out again. Yeah. Always. always. Um, blessings everybody. This is, um, Sam and Tim, Tim and Sam, um, just enjoyed being with you.